Hey, good morning and welcome to Faith on Hills online Sunday service. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Sunday. And if you have never been to a Christmas service at Faith on Hill, then you don't know this, but at Christmas Sunday, it's when I preach my shortest sermon of the year. And my oldest son asked me, uh, how short is that? And I said, oh, about 10 minutes. And he said, okay. So it's short enough for a third grader. Um, we're going to have some Christmas carols this morning that we hope are a blessing and encourage you to sing along with. Um, we meet online and in person every Sunday morning. And online, we are here at our Facebook page and on our website, faithonhill.com. And if you're watching on our Facebook page, welcome. Uh, but the best viewing and interaction experience is at faithonhill.com. But wherever you are at, we want to uh, encourage you to say hello in the chat. If you're listening to the audio podcast that's available on Spotify or, or Apple Music, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email adam at faithonhill.com. We'd love to know uh, who you are that you're listening uh, and uh, connect with you. Uh, we also meet in person on Sunday mornings, 10.30 a.m. at the church building. And if you're wondering what's that like with COVID, uh, everything is distanced. Everyone's wearing masks. We're, we're doing all of the things we're supposed to do. And uh, so whether you're in person or online, we want to welcome you and say Merry Christmas. Now this week we are not having an in-person Christmas carol and communion service like we normally do. Uh, that will be online. So look for the Christmas podcast uh, on our uh, audio feed, Apple Music and Spotify, and on our Facebook page as well. Um, we're excited to spend Christmas with you and we are looking forward to to singing these Christmas carols together, and uh, I get to share my sh shortest sermon of the year. Let's sing together. Some tidings be 
touches by your heavenly song. Good morning. If you have a Bible, turn in it to the book of Isaiah, which will be kind of in the middle of your Bible. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah was a prophet in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, and he lived hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah is one of the most important and um, prolific prophets in the Hebrew Scripture, he wrote one of the biggest books of the Bible and uh, had the most to say, especially had the most to say concerning the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 1, says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Now, if you had been reading the book of Isaiah up to this point, there's been a lot of gloom foretold. In fact, Isaiah chapter 8 is nothing but prophecies of doom and gloom for the people of Israel. Isaiah was prophesying their coming destruction and judgment that God was going to deal with his rebellious people. And so he's given this message of, of impending doom, and now he says, but there's coming a time where that's all going away. The previous chapter is all doom and gloom, but there's hope. He continues on in verse 1. In the past, he, that's God, in the past, God humbled the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Now, if you are not familiar with the geography of ancient Israel, and there's no particular reason you should be, um, 
But if you aren't familiar, uh, the land of Israel was divided among 12 tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. You may have heard of them. It's kind of like how we divide America into our 50 states, or we divide the state of Oregon into our various counties. Um, They were divided into tribes. The southern tribe of Judah, and there was also some smaller tribes there, Simeon and Benjamin, they, they had all of the land on the south part of the land of Israel, including the city of Jerusalem. And the northern tribes had all of the land to the north, including places like the Sea of Galilee, um, uh, uh, coastal places. You know, we read in the scripture about places like uh, Caesarea Philippi or, um, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name now, but I want to say Hebron, you know, um, Jaffa, some of those coastal cities. That was all controlled by those northern tribes. And so when we read it, we, didn't, we might say Zebulon and Naphtali, what's that? But they would have understood. It's the same as saying, you know, in the past, God has humbled uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin. Like, those are northern states. You know, that's, we understand that. Um, but what he's saying is the northern tribes of Israel were conquered by the Assyrians, In a few weeks, we're going to start studying the book of Daniel, and that deals with the Babylonian captivity where God's people were taken into captivity in the land of Babylon. But before that happened, the northern tribes were conquered and taken captivity by the Assyrian Empire. And so what Isaiah is saying is, hey, you know, these northern tribes, the northern parts of Israel were humbled by God. Because of their sin, they brought destruction on themselves. But in the future, God will honor Galilee of the nations. And Galilee then was controlled by foreign powers. Even though at the time, at that moment when Isaiah was prophesied, Galilee was controlled by foreign powers, he's saying God's going to honor it. And when he says, by way of the sea beyond the Jordan, uh, that's just an identifier. Uh, The same as we have I-5 and I-205 that are on either side of us, and that's how you get north or south in the Portland area. Uh, They had the way of the sea, which was the western part of the land of Israel by the Mediterranean Sea. And they had the way of the kings, which was east of the land of Israel uh, on the Jordanian Plateau. So he's just giving identifiers that would have been easily understood by the people. But the big point is this. God's plans transcend our current reality. God's plans transcend our current reality. Their current reality was that the northern part of their people had been humiliated, had been conquered, had been dispersed, And now those northern parts of Israel were under foreign control. But God was going to honor that place. And of course, we know Galilee was where Jesus based a large part of his earthly ministry. And and what greater honor could there be for for someone living in those days? In verse 2, chapter 9, Isaiah prophesies, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now, Matthew quotes that in chapter 4 of his gospel. And there's actually a a thing where where Jesus is out um, next to the Galilee, and this large crowd comes to see him, and the sun rises. And Matthew says, man, that's prophecy fulfilled, you know, that we were there as the dawn rose, and we saw the coming of, of the Messiah, God in human flesh. 
Again, God's plans transcend our reality. Our reality, our past for every person, was that we were born into sin and darkness and death. Yet by God's grace, many of us now live in the light, not because of anything we've done, but because of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Our current reality in 2020 has not been a good one. We have a global pandemic. We have economic crisis. We have political strife. We have racial tensions. All of these things that are going on, it's so important to remember that our current reality is absolutely transcended by God's plans and God's purposes. We were walking in darkness, and God brought the light of his truth and his grace and his forgiveness into our lives. We are walking in dark times, yet God's plan for us and God's purposes for us have not changed at all. And he is not affected by 2020. He transcends 2020. In verse 3, Isaiah says, You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as a warrior rejoices when dividing the plunder. What Isaiah is saying is they are having a party like it's payday, like their team just won the championship, like, like they're, they, they, you know, they just won at whatever thing they were trying to do. But that's not how they would have felt. Again, their northern lands conquered. And Isaiah has just spent the previous chapter prophesying the coming doom of the southern parts of Israel. But he's saying there's coming a time where rejoicing is coming. I think it's worth reflecting at Christmas time. Has our joy been increased? Have we been led to a place of rejoicing? And if we serve the king who has conquered sin and death, then the answer is yes. That Jesus has brought us from darkness into life. He's forgiven my sins, even though they were many. He's, he's brought new hope into my heart, even though I was once at a place of, of despair. And, and, and if, if that's all true, then it's fair to evaluate, to ponder, to reflect, is that the proclamation of my life and of your life? And if it's not, if I, if I reflect and I ponder and I look over where my life is at, my current situation, my current reality, and I say, you know what, that's not been the reality of my life, then it's fair to ask, how can I invite Jesus in to that part of my life to make that part of my life or the entirety of my life a reflection of his hope and his victory? In verse 4, Isaiah says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning with fuel for the fire. So he's prophesying a coming time of peace, a coming time of of, uh, end of war and conflict. Why? Verse verse 6, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his kingdom and of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. You know, peace is coming. 
peace on earth, peace with God, peace with each other. It's coming when Jesus comes. We look around, we, we don't have peace on earth. So many don't have peace with God. We certainly don't seem to have peace with each other. Half of us think the other half is ruining everything. But as we humble ourselves and we bow before this child born in a stable who now sits enthroned in the heavenly realms, as we humble ourselves, we can begin to see that peace on earth in our own hearts. And as it's in our own hearts, it spreads and homes and families and communities can and will be changed. I believe that the full fulfillment of this happens when Jesus comes back, but I believe that a, a partial or a beginning of this fulfillment of prophecy happens as we humble ourselves and invite Jesus in, make room for him in the, the stable, the manger of our hearts. And as we do that, as we invite the peace of God in, as we invite the humility that Jesus came as, as a child born in humble circumstances into our own lives, that we can see this, this darkness be exploded, be invaded by light and hope. 2020 has been a bad year, but God's plans transcend our reality. And the hope and the victory of Jesus is not stopped or defeated. It only moves forward. God bless you. Merry Christmas. is laid to rest.
Jesus, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that we no longer die, born to raise the sons of Pastor Adam here one more time. I just want to say thank you for joining us this morning for our Christmas Sunday. Merry Christmas. Um, I also want to say thank you for a couple of other things. You know, we respond to what God's doing in our lives uh, every Sunday. And the three main ways that we respond is through prayer and worship and giving. And I, I just want to say thank you that as we have responded, we have seen God work. In 2020, we have seen God answer prayers. And we have prayed together over Zoom meetings and phone calls and texts. We have been a church that has been praying for each other and people all around us. And I just want you to know that we have seen God do some incredible things and we continue to pray for God's mercy. I want to invite you right now uh, particularly uh, to pray for our sister Yvonne Phillips, uh, who was in the hospital this week, had to have emergency surgery with uh, injury to her leg. Um, I want you to pray for frontline workers like Becky Wilson, who's dealing with COVID cases almost daily now at Providence uh, in Portland. And let's continue to pray for um, our nation, you know, knowing that that we are in dark days, but we have seen so many answers to prayer in 2020. So I want to say thank you for praying with us. Uh, worship together. We have continued as a church to worship together. I just want to say thank you for that. We could have broke apart, uh, it, you know, as we, as we had to stay safer at home, and we didn't. We stayed connected as a church. Also, I want to say thank you for giving. Um, it's been a, a challenging year for everyone uh, economically, and yet behind the scenes, you know, we have been able to do some, some really uh, amazing things. And I've been so grateful, uh, not just for uh, people's giving, because we encourage people to just be generous with the money God gives them. And uh, if you give to support the ministry of this church, we say thank you for that. But to see our church come out like it did with the toy drive um, and hearing the stories from Dave and Janelle about what's going on there um, and the ministry they have, uh, I got to take all that food that we collected to Wichita Family Center. Um, and they were like, wait, <laughs> who are you? Where are you from? This is, this is a lot, you know. So thank you. Um, also, uh, you know, we've been behind the scenes able to help out some different families in need. And uh, we don't make a big deal about that. But I want to say thank you because y your, uh, your giving has gone to that. And so uh, thank you for responding to Jesus with us in 2020. And can't wait to see what God does in our church in 2021. God bless you. Merry Christmas.